You're listening to The Tamar Yona Show here on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And I wish all of you a very happy new year. I hope your Rosh Hashanah and your Yom Kippur and now your Sukkot holiday is going magnificently for you. I know our Sukkah is up and we are... Uh, staying in there, um, reveling in the comfort of it. The weather is perfect for it, by the way. A few drizzles this morning, but all is good. And uh, so happy holidays to all of you. Today's topics are not going to be a letdown. As usual, they are incredible, given by Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, who is our guest. I'll introduce him in a moment. But the topics today, is financial instability a sign of World War Three. Also, Nazis, what really happened in Canada? And AI, or artificial intelligence, Israel surprises again. Also, must African Renaissance mean a European collapse, a, or I should say a Euro collapse? We're going to talk about all of these topics today in the show. You are welcome to call in if you're listening live. That means if it is Sunday, the 1st of October, between 4 to 5 p.m., holy time right here in the land of Israel, or if it's between uh, 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern time, that means that we are live. And if you're hearing the show at any other time, it means you're listening to a replay and there'll be nobody here to take your call. So you have to listen live if you want to join us on the show. You can call in and talk about whatever we're talking about if you have a comment or a question about the topics we're covering. All right. Our guest, as I said, is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University, and has authored over 90 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideast and world issues. I want to welcome to the show Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Uh, thank you. You were right the first time, by the way. I actually meant European and not the euro as in the currency. Oh, okay. I just wanted to be, I wanted <laughs> to be accurate. It's very important yeah, you're, to be you're, you're right, but my, uh, I was being uh, short, uh, which yes. I tend to do for my notes. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So let us start out. Uh, what's going on in Canada? The uh, Nazis, what really happened there in Canada? Okay. And, uh, uh, give that, people uh, a background be- before you go into the details. Yeah. Okay. Yes, before the comment, we were off for two weeks, so people who sort of uh, um, want a little bit of background on what happened during that time, I-, I recommend you to go to Isra Pundit, where I tend to occasionally publish short articles, um, and-, and I did uh, an article during this time when we were off there. So if anyone is interested, you can go to Israel Pundit and see an article that I wrote there. Okay, so let's get back to uh, okay, Nazis. Okay, just, but just to make it clear for everybody, uh, Israel Pundit is spelled I-S-R-A, for like Israel, I-S-R-A-P-U-N-D-I-T, Pundit. Israpundit.com. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Um, look, uh, people need to understand... A little bit of the background here. First of all, what exactly happened? Uh, anyone who, who somehow missed the news item, um, uh, 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 um, uh, Zelensky uh, visited uh, Canada and uh, 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 Trudeau took his great friend, that's his description of mine, um, to visit the uh, Canadian Parliament and they, uh, uh, to honor him and to honor whatever, I don't know what else. Um, uh, they brought in a, uh, 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 a Ukrainian who had fought in World War II and uh, gave him a standing ovation and a big uh, an, an applause and, and, and honored him. And, da, 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 da. and then they found out, quote unquote, found out uh, or was later revealed that, actually, yes, he, he was an Ukrainian and he did fight in World War II and he fought in the Waffen-SS. In other words, he was a Nazi. He fought, not only was he an, a soldier in the Waffen-SS, he was a soldier in one of the Waffen-SS worst battalions of all, one of the cruelest of all Nazi battalions that served in World War II. Um, just to put that into focus, the Polish government is already, is already demanding that this, this, this monster be uh, 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 remanded into their custody custody, sorry, um, uh, for a war crimes trial. Okay, so uh, uh, so that's the 
the background of what actually occurred uh, in terms of the um, uh, uh, um, external view of things, uh, people have to understand that Canada, the United States, and Britain, immediately following World War II, um, were not exactly, how shall I put this semi-politely, were not exactly forthright in, with not, in, in, in what happened to Nazis that uh, were active during World War II. In some cases, there were things like the Nuremberg Trials, of course, 10 people were, were executed, 10 out of uh, many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. But um, mostly, they brought Nazis over and shipped them to uh, the United States or Canada to, uh, to uh, uh, get them out of, uh, of the danger, because uh, any Nazis that the Soviet Union discovered were executed. Um, so this, uh, this particular Nazi was sent by Britain. He was a British prisoner after World War II, and he was sent to Canada for I don't know what reason. I mean, he had no special skills other than murder. Uh, 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 by the way, this, 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 this same Nazi had been previously honored by the Canadian government in 2007. Um, uh, um, um, so this, this imp in office, the autocratic imp uh, called Trudeau, um, he made the claim, he forced his, um, uh, um, the Speaker of the House to change his tie Instead of using a ridiculous tie, he now wears a regular tie. He remains a, a, a member of parliament, but he's no longer the speaker of parliament. The man claims to, to uh, accept upon himself all responsibility. His speech was totally ridiculous. Everything about this in terms of the Canadian government was clearly a lie. Anyone knows anything, anything about how security works knows that before a person like this is presented before heads of state, he is very clearly vetted um, I mean, to his diapers. They know everything about him. There is no way they did not know exactly what he did during World War II, including the number of Jewish women that he bayoneted and Jewish uh, uh, infants that he shot. There's no way they did not know that. There is no way Trudeau personally did not know exactly who this monster really was, is. It is not possible. And, and to put that into, uh, into a, a further bit of perspective, people, again, anyone who knows anything about what's happening in the news in Canada lately has heard probably that there's been a bit of a ruckus between Canada and India, uh, the so-called Khalistan movement, which essentially are uh, uh, some terrorist separatists who want to uh, 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 um, take parts of Punjab out of India and uh, an act of terrorists, they're, they're killers. Um, and Canada has been protecting them now for decades. And then, then so for some weird, weird reason, some weird screwed up logic, Trudeau blamed India for the death of a Khalistan terrorist in Canada. And the whole diplomatic kerfuffle uh, is absolutely strange. But as I said, Canada has been a haven both for terrorists and for terror financing for many decades now. This is not new. So they knew who the Nazi was. They know, they know everything about him. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, just as they know exactly what's going on with the Khalistan terrorists, and just as they know exactly what's going on with BDF and all, all, and all sorts of other kinds of terrorists that are very active in, in Canada and use Canada as one of their primary um, uh, venues for uh, uh, financing and for uh, um, uh, soliciting of, of, of financing from other people. This is the same for Hamas. This is the same for Hezbollah. Hezbollah is more active in South America than in Canada, but um, these others are all very active in Canada. Okay, I just want to jump in for a second and make a correction. I did not give out the right website. It's israpundit, not .com, but .org, O-R-G. Okay, so you just use that suffix. All right, okay. go ahead, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem. Okay, so, I mean, that's, that's what I wanted to say about the Nazis. I mean, people, um, 
I may have just heard the um, the the, uh, the report sort of uh, um, uh, uh, in an offhand manner. I don't know how it was reported, for instance, in Europe or how it was reported in the United States. Uh, it was given quite a lot of reportage here in Israel, of course. It was given a lot of uh, of showing in the Indian um, uh, uh, um, um, uh, networks, news networks. I do not know how it was reported in other in 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 Canada itself or in the United States or in Western Europe. I, I'm just simply not aware of that. It was, right. it was basically a really disgusting incident. I just read, I, and I, I just it was just the title, so I'm not, I'm not uh, sure about this. But I just read something about Canada arresting one of their journalists over there. So, you know, I don't know what's going on. Oh in yes, you're, you're right. That was reported. Where did I see a report about that? Um, where did I see a report about that? I think I yes, I saw a report about that on an Indian network called. Uh, we on world is one, uh, where they also reported that Canada had arrested a journalist because he reported on this incident with the actual facts and not with the government um, uh, um, approved uh, uh, playbook. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Well, we we need to go to a break, everybody. So um, after that, to... I need a break as well. Yeah. All right. But our lines are open if you have any comments on what we're speaking about. So feel free to use it. There, our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We're going to be right back after the break. back here at the Tamar Yona Show on Israel News Talk Radio, and we are here with Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. It is the uh, Sukkot holiday, almost at Shavuot. It is the Sukkot holiday, the festival of booths, I think that they say in English, and we all have our sukkahs built, like these little huts. It's such a nice time to be in Israel now, by the way, because you go to even the apartment buildings, if they don't have a, a patio or a porch, or a balcony, then they do it right in the parking lot. They just build them right in the parking lot. <laughs> it's really fun. And everyone's like, you know, hammering away immediately after Yom Kippur, building their sukkahs, which will stay up for approximately a little bit over a week. And, uh, and, it's, and the weather is usually really good, and it is. So it, it's a wonderful holiday season right now here in Israel. If you haven't come to visit, this is a great time. All right, let's go back to our topics of what we are speaking about have we finished the last yes, we finished one with them. thank you thank god we finished with okay. that horrible, All right. horrible topic so let's talk about another scary topic now uh ai artificial intelligence and it says here israel surprises again okay first of all i'm very pleased you phrased it that way because i totally disagree with you um uh, uh, uh and that's the point of what i wanted to say okay exactly that point. i'm, I'm okay. excited that you disagree with me actually because now i might learn something or i might have you know it's just stimulating to think and hear another point of view so go ahead i'm not offended uh, at all the, 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 i will say and I'll, I'll go on record as saying right now the greatest danger of ai is imitation experts that express opinions where they that they don't know the first thing about what they're talking about and I'll put that into perspective. There's a journalist by the name of Piers Morgan. I think he's originally British. I don't know where he lives. Yes. I think he lives in, the, in, in Britain somewhere. I'm, I'm yes, some, not certain. Yeah, he, he broadcasts on Sky Australia, yeah. maybe in other places as well. Okay. He's a good journalist. I mean, he's, Yeah, yeah, I've he, seen him. The, the man is, 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 is a professional, and, and I'm certain that he tries to be objective and professional and everything else. I mean, I, I actually, I, I'm not seeing anything really critical about him yeah he's not so his, woke in his which is refreshing. ability to make selections i'm saying he's not so woke so it's refreshing yes that's okay. that's all that is also correct he, he actually has he actually does have common sense at least somewhat okay okay so piers morgan had on his show just last week um he he brought in this 
pardon me, I, I can't be polite with this guy, Noah Harari, who is a, a, a phenomenal jerk. Um, the man is probably quite intelligent. Um, uh, uh, I brought him in to ask him about artificial intelligence. I have no idea what could possibly have visited Piers Morgan to bring in a historian to talk about a super technological issue. It is about as, irrele as, as irrelevant as one could possibly imagine. So Piers Morgan is, is interviewing Noah Harari, and Noah Harari is answering every question with words like, oh, absolutely. The man knows absolutely nothing about the subject. And it was obvious from his answers, absolutely, that he knows absolutely nothing. The man is a total ignoramus. He might be a good historian. I'm not convinced of that, but he might be. He certainly knows absolutely nothing about artificial intelligence. Well, I, I would just is, jump in that's here. That's exactly the kind of danger that we see in terms of okay. artificial intelligence. That's what I want to say. I want to say he's a. he seems to me to be an extremely dangerous man. And his... Uh, his, I look at him as the modern Tower of Babel type of people where he talks about useless eaters in the world that, that some people basically, that, you know, that's if you listen to him, many people would, co would come to this conclusion that he's implying that certain people aren't worth being alive. They're useless eaters. And it's a disgusting, terrible uh, thing that reminds me of uh, Tower of Babel. Go ahead. Well, well he's not implying it. He's actually saying it. He has actually said that. But 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 that but but that's the whole point here, isn't it? I mean, this is an historian. He's a, he, I believe he has a doctorate. Uh, I believe he's a, he's accredited to some university or other. I don't know which one. Um, uh, uh, and he believes he has the right from that for that reason to talk about any subject in the world. And he simply does not. His, as I said, the the entire discussion between Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan asked reasonable questions. I, I phrased them in a very logical and and and, and unrespectable manner. Uh, uh, he was polite. He was. I mean, I, I can again. I have nothing negative to say about Piers Morgan other than bringing in the wrong person to talk about it. So he brought in this jerk and 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 asked all sorts of questions. And the entire interview was was basically disgusting. As I said, he's probably clever, but all of his answers, and I mean all of them, were rubbish. And that is what anyone should, anyone with a, with a sense of common sense, should expect. Why would a historian be the expert to talk to talk about a subject which is the most advanced technolo technological subject on the planet right now? Well, I understand that he works together with Klaus Schwab, which is the head of the World Economic Forum, and they have their 2030 agenda, and that's where he has the quote unquote. Uh, credibility to speak. Well, okay, but as a historian, what, what, is that, what does that have to do with technology? Okay. I mean, if you want to talk about technology, you need to understand something about technology. And I personally, an expert, I, I spent more than five decades, I don't remember exactly how many, I think from 1968, if I'm not mistaken, until about uh, uh, 2008 or 2018, I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, I spent many decades in technology. I think I know something about technology. I mean, I, you know, I've been around. I've done a lot of things. I've, you know, I've been a consultant for little guys like Pentagon and 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 and, and Citibank and, you know, yeah, little guys, guys like that. Right. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I think I know something about uh, about technology. I'm not an expert in artificial intelligence, and I would not dare okay. to answer significant questions about artificial intelligence on the technology side. Okay. Because that's a question of public responsibility. So even if he is an, uh, an accredited historian, that has absolutely nothing to do with the subject that he was discussing, that he, I, I even say, that he was disgusting. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, it's inexcusable. On the other hand, yeah. to, to, to go to the other extreme, um, uh, Elon Musk and, and, and Bibi Netanyahu had a, had a, had a uh, discussion about artificial intelligence, so on the one hand, you have Elon Musk, who is clearly an international expert in this field. He is a technologist. He has worked in this field. He has managed projects in this field. He knows the field well. And Bibi Netanyahu, who actually manages from a national level, 
um, uh, uh, the, 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 the whole concept of what Israel is to do with, with artificial intelligence and is actively managing the, uh, the Israeli efforts in that area, and, the, and Israeli efforts are quite legion. They had a dis- televised discussion, and you can see the difference. Both of them were very careful in what they said and how they phrased things. Bibi was very careful to phrase his questions from a national standpoint and not from a technological standpoint. And Elon Musk was very careful to phrase his answers as a technologist and not as some sort of a ultimate consultant of anything in the world. So the, the contrast here was phenomenal. And I found it just fun, uh, uh, just equally phenomenal that both of these would, would occur in the same week. Okay, so what was the short of it? Well, the short of it is that the biggest uh, 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 danger of artificial intelligence is irresponsibility. Now, that goes from in both directions. Irresponsibility in terms of can implementers of artificial intelligence systems implement systems which are irresponsible? Yes, that is a danger. But what is even a greater danger... I mean, that, that's been a danger of any technology that any technology that has ever been created. We know, for instance, that it is possible to uh, 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 kill somebody, to assassinate a person using a telephone. I'm not talking about beating him on the head with a telephone. I'm talking about actually using the telephone as a telephone. You can assassinate a person. We know that such technology exists. Right. Well, you don't that, mean like the old people do. You don't like you don't mean like the old school where they would put a bomb in the telephone and when it rang, it would blow You're up. Correct. Talking, That's not what I'm referring to. I'm, to. I'm referring to using it as a telephone, actually, as like a cell phone. Even I don't know if a cell phone can do it. I'm not certain of that. Uh, and again, as a technologist, I have to be careful how I, how I phrase things. I think I'm not certain. I think that in cell phones. Because that this was known to exist in line phones, I seem to remember that when cell phones were in development, this was taken into account and it was guarded against in the basic technology. But I'm not 100% certain what I, what I said is correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I know that the, 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 such a such a technique did exist in line phones at the time. Does that mean Alexander Graham Bell was a terrible person? Of course not. Of course not. So uh, you can't uh, 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 blame artificial intelligence as a te- as an overall technology because there is a possibility that someone might misuse it. <laughs> that, that that's not the way the world works. Right. Technology is always morally neutral. That that that's I, the whole point, for instance, concern, in America, of the the so-called Second Amendment. I think some of the concern, though, is is that not that we would use technology as something evil, which obviously that would be done as well. It's being done as well, but that the AI can perhaps this is what the talk is. I don't I don't know anything about it, so I can't say. But that the AI teaches itself, and that ultimately. Some say that they would want to destroy all human beings because human beings are dangerous. They would see them as a danger and then they would start attacking us. But we have to, you, you can answer that in the next segment because we've got to go to a break right now. The music is on. We're going to be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. Here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, and we were talking about AI and possible dangers and possible good things. And you wanted to weigh in. Okay, just two very quick anecdotes. One, uh, James Cleverly, the Secretary of State for Foreign, Commonwealth, and Development Affairs, whatever that means, he's a member of the Parliament uh, of the uh, uh, Cabinet of the of of of, of uh, United Kingdom, was in Israel, and he stated, and I quote, Israel supplies one in seven of all medicines used in my country's National Health Service. 
So that, I was kind of surprised at that. Uh, and I looked it up, and it turns out that one of the things that Israel does with artificial intelligence is create new medicines. So one of the things that artificial intelligence can be used for is to do, quote-unquote, experiments on new compounds, for instance, like medicines, and much, much more quickly than human beings can do them in a laboratory. And then when they're, quote-unquote, finalized, of course, they're far from finalized, when, they're, when the artificial intelligence, when the computer says that this is ready for testing, then they can be ready for testing, but they've, but they've already eliminated 16,000 compounds that, that, are, that it now knows are not, are not what they're looking for. So that's one, that's one anecdote. Another anecdote, really just cute. Uh, many, many, many years ago, I was a, uh, uh, um, uh, a member of and a sort of a, uh, uh, of a professional organization of, of computer professionals here in Israel. And we, had, we used to have a, a, an annual conference. And at one point, we decided to invite um, Isaac Asimov as the, um, as the keynote speaker at our conference. Wow. Uh, and uh, Asimov uh, refused. And so we asked him why. And he says, "Well, I don't, I don't want to, fl- I don't believe in flying." He says, "What? You're, you're a, you're a, sci- you're a scientist yourself." He says, "Yes, I'm waiting for, ma- for matter transfer." Like, beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> Something like that, yes. Um, uh, 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 and why do I mention that? Because what you just said before we went off about uh, 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 the artificial intelligence does it have the capacity to? become violent against human beings, that's straight out of Asimov's books. <clears throat> yeah, I remember so, reading The Foundation. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, The Foundation is one of, one of the better books. Yeah. It's not my favorite, uh, um, but the first three Foundation books, the, the original trilogy was well-written. The later books, actually, where he did the stuff with robots, I didn't care for, but okay. That's, that's quite some taste. But okay, okay. Okay. All right. Now let's to Africa. Yes. yes. As you know, and as <clears throat> most uh, um, uh, uh, listeners probably know, I am very passionate about my uh, respect for the people of Africa and my love of the scenery there and the continent and, and, and my, my really heartfelt uh, sorrow at the horrors that they've gone through over the centuries. So uh, 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 the president of Ghana made, had a speech last week at the United Nations General Assembly. And I'm going to read his quote, nearly all of it, not quite all of it, it's, it's slightly longer. Um, quote, it is time to acknowledge openly that much of Europe and the United States have been built from the vast wealth harvested from the sweat, tears, blood, and horrors of the transatlantic tra- slave trade and the centuries of colonial exploitation. Maybe we should also admit that it cannot be easy to build confident and prosperous societies from nations that for centuries have their natural resources looted and their people traded as commodities. For centuries, the world has been unwilling and unable to confront the realities of the consequences of the slave trade. I'm jumping a bit. Granted, the present generations are not the ones that engage in the slave trade, but that grant in in human enterprise was state-sponsored and deliberate, and its benefits are clearly interwoven for the present-day economic architecture of the nations that designed and executed it. Close quote. Okay, now Now, in English. (laughs) I want to make two statements, first of all, in terms of my own personal view. He was talking, among other things, also about reparations. I do not believe in reparations. I, I don't think that's either possible or practical. So in that sense, I disagree with him. I agree with him very strongly about the question of acknowledgement and uh, 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 that, that uh, the Western countries need to accept full responsibility for the horrors that they visited on, on, on entire peoples. The, the numbers are not known, but uh, the estimates of the numbers of Africans that were either um, uh, 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 killed or taken out of Africa are anywhere between 20 to 100 million people. Amazing. Wow. And wow. must remember that in the transatlantic trade, one in two persons 
that were placed on the ships died in route. Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, 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 we need to understand today's Africans still speak in their countries European languages. They still worship the European religion, not their not their own religion or original religions. Many still suffer the heel of European coinage, like the so-called Francophone countries. And I've spoken quite at length about some of these former French colonies or present French colonies that are finally breaking out of the of the of this of this French uh, um, 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 uh, uh, um, colonialism. Uh, Colonialism that as it exists today, and I've quoted um, uh, two former presidents of France, uh, Chirac and Mitterrand, who said that without this economic uh, um, uh, um, uh, um, colonialism that that the French still have in Africa, France would cease to exist. So take into account that 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 statement, and 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 let's go to the to the. Uh, uh, how, how that how that can transfer. Um, France's largest export item today is electrons. They export electricity to the other European countries. The electricity is uh, manufactured by nuclear power plants, which are powered by uranium, which they basically steal today. Basically, France pays about one dollar per pound of uranium when the um, uh, international Price today is at seventy plus pounds per, per uh, dollars per pound. So that's simply theft. Uh, 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 if we take a different country, Belgium, for instance, Belgium, every citizen of Belgium today still functions and works in each each and every day. The money that was derived from 10 million, over 10 million Congolese that were murdered in the most vicious manner and another estimated to be about 25 to 30 million Congolese that were mutilated by the Belgians, by the Belgian army for the extraction of rubber and other resources in Belgium, in, in uh, Congo, pardon me, for the, for the Belgian uh, uh, um, um, king at the time. Now, this king's family, his descendants still are still the king of Belgium today. The Belgian economy is still 100%, nearly 100% dependent upon the, the capital that they accrued via this phenomenal and wanton brutality. <clears throat> and of course, it's not limited to France and Belgium. We can go on, we can talk about Portugal, we can talk about other countries. As I as I've mentioned in, in the past, I have consulted for uh, governments of some of some African governments. Uh, 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 I know what's going on today, just as an example. And there are many. I don't want to uh, uh, go too lengthily. Um, France still dumps all of its toxic waste in uh, 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 the Ivory Coast. Between seven and ten thousand Ivorians die every year from the poisons that France dumps in their country. And they refuse to stop. And they use their army to enforce it. France still has refused to allow that, to, to uh, uh, um, uh, extricate their armies from Niger, even though for uh, many weeks now, Nigerians have been demanding that France leave their country. So the, the, the major question that, 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 that really should be asked right now is, can Europe really continue to exist? As an economic, uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, 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 economically viable entity, remember when the EU, EU was formed, it it had approximately thirty percent of the world's GDP. It has less than ten percent today. When the EU was formed, it had approximately parity with the United States in terms of GDP, even though Europe had two and a half times the population. Today, it is about 10% of, of U.S. GDP. Africa, on the other hand, second largest continent, uh, natural resources abundance, even after centuries of European looting, a substantial portion of planetary resources, 65% of the arable land on the planet, 10% of the planet's water, 
12 percent, 12 and a half percent of the oil, 8 percent of natural gas, um, 30 percent of general minerals, 40 percent of the gold reserves and 20, 22 percent of production, 63 percent of the world's uh, cobalt and on and on and on. I can go on. The, the, the list is phenomenal. We see what happens. Britain basically has succeeded, succeeded in double quotation marks, in uh, um, extricating itself from Africa. There's no, there, there's no longer, as far as I'm aware, any country in Africa which is still under colonial, um, uh, 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 under the colonial heel of never Great Britain. So what is happening in Britain today? Listen very carefully to this number. The average British family prioritizes food over hygiene. The demand for soap in Britain has dropped by 48%. Hmm. British society, British economy is in a state of advanced collapse. What kind of country do you have if even personal hygiene is no longer relevant to what people do and do on a daily basis. The infrastructure around around Britain is is averages 130 years old, and it is crumbling. Many parents have been, have been talking about not sending their children to schools because schools buildings are collapsing, physically collapsing. High prices. A a a a study was just done by. A university in in in, uh, in in England. High prices have now been classed as the quote the leading cause of premature deaths. Close quote. You look at photos of empty shelves in supermarkets. The rich of the rich of Britain still continue to suck the wealth from the poor. Wait. So basically, you're saying that pe- people are dying from starvation. Well, I won't say star- starvation. I would say from privation. Because there's probably sufficient food, but not the right food. Okay. If a family goes into a supermarket and has to choose very carefully between buying one lemon or one onion, I mean, I go into the supermarket here and I buy two kilo of lemons, and I don't even think about it. Right. But this is not the way it's going in in, 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 in Britain. Certainly not in England. Maybe in maybe in, in, in Scotland if things are better. I don't have data from Scotland. I only have data from England. So but but Britain is in horrible shape. But I, I want, the same thing. I want to play devil's advocate for a moment and just say that I understand and I could be wrong, that in China they're doing all sorts of things uh, with like feeding chicken they're feeding their chickens shredded newspaper in order just to fill up their stomachs. And people were eating the derivatives of the chickens, which are the eggs, etc. And I mean, I, again, I'm not getting news from China, from the Chinese government, but I have not heard about recent starvation there from the, from, from the same phenomena that you're talking about. Well, the, the Chinese are not dependent upon African resources. They trade with African resources, but they pay a fair price or tr- somewhat fair price. But I'm just saying that people have to decide between a lemon or an onion, for instance. And and in China, they're not even getting the lemon or the onion. They're just getting shredded newspaper or plastic, you know, as for rice or, or whatever it is. Well, I, I don't me, have data about, about China. What I do know is that... Uh, 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 China is very much not uh, homogenous. It is very much he- heterogeneous. In other words, uh, uh, a place like Shanghai is very much not to be, com- be compared with, I don't know, uh, 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 Xinjiang or some of these other provinces or the, 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 the Manchuria, the area, whatever. And there, are, there are many different uh, – China is very large. And there are, there are tremendous differences between various areas in China. So that you might be totally correct. I have no idea. I can't, uh, uh, I can't express an opinion about that. But I, I think that is far from um, uh, uh, general speaking in terms of China. 
Okay. Let's that go. is an it's a very it's a very fascinating topic because all of the talk around the United States about is China about to replace the United States, and, and as people probably know, I don't think that they are. I think that China, when the United if and when the United States collapses, China will collapse. If and when China collapses, the United States will collapse. The mutual dependency is is extraordinarily deep between them. So can one replace the other? No way. It's just not, it's not, it's just totally illogical, it appears to me. Okay. Okay, we can move on. Fine. Okay. Do, do you want to go to the next topic? Yeah, just, I'll just wrap this up for a second. Okay. Uh, 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 basically, what I'm saying is that the economies of, uh, 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 of Britain, Germany, France, uh, Belgium, all of these economies are very sick. Very, very, very sick. The entire European Union is uh, uh, extraordinarily questionable. Now they're trying to say that they want to increase their defense spending. And I will predict that, uh, uh, for the most part, this will not really occur. If for no other reason, then they don't have young people to man the guns, even if they did manufacture them. I remember 10 years ago, I had a conversation with a leading uh, uh, social worker from uh, uh, from uh, uh, Netherlands, one of the leading social workers there, and he, and he told me very frankly, uh, we don't have an army because we don't have people to be in the army. The, the, the tiny army that they have, they have zero tanks. They have a few ridiculous pl airplanes. It's it's really it's really a joke. And we've seen that with Ukraine. The the the, the amount of uh, rhetoric coming from Europe is is, is enormous. The amount of actual aid to Ukraine is something about 10% of what the United States has sent. Because they just don't have it. European economies are in very poor shape right now. Hmm. The entire European power grid needs to be totally modernized. And that will take trillions in the plural of euros to do it. And the money just isn't there. Okay, let's go on. Okay. Next topic. Okay, financial. Well, that, that, that last statement sort of leads into the question of financial instability. There are a lot of financial instabilities around the around the world today. Wait, wait, wait! Uh, you got to finish that sentence. Is financial instability a sign of World War Three? That's what yeah. Gets well, that's really that, that's sort of the title. But yeah. uh, let's let's look at what financial instability are we talking about? What's okay. going on here? So let's look at a little bit of numbers to start with, as, as, I, as I always try to do. Um, U.S. consumer-based credit card debt is now past a trillion dollars. That has never happened before. The federal government debt passed $33 trillion. That means that the expected interest payment by the end of this year will be one and a half trillion dollars. The end of this year, that means a few months away. In other words, the, to put that into per, per, people's perspective, in other words, the United States is now paying, as a federal government, $2.8 million per second of every day of the year. It's crazy. Just an interest rate. Just an interest on the debt. Crazy. $2.8 million Per second, you know, a trillion dollars is kind of difficult to visualize. Two point eight million dollars, people can still visualize that. The average credit card interest rate was about sixteen point seven percent a year ago. It's now above twenty two percent. So, if there's a trillion dollars in credit card debt, how much interest are these people going to be paying? And again, that. Interest rate is the highest it has ever been. Now, Russia has stopped buying U.S. Treasuries. Saudi Arabia has stopped buying U.S. Treasuries. China stopped buying U.S. Treasuries. Um, retail theft in the United States in, in 2022 accounted for more than $112 billion in retail losses. Again, a record. Not a record to be proud of. So let's look at the other side of that, okay? Everybody, 
in the in the journalists in the in the in the in the, in the imitation newspapers that come out all over the 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 the, 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 the Western world. They talk, for instance, about the carbon issue and the so-called climate crisis. There's let me remind people: climate does change. It is not a crisis. Climate always changes. The fact that it changes does not make it a crisis. So there's a, a group of Canadian producers of carbon who uh, uh, got together to build the largest uh, uh, project in the world for so-called carbon sequestration. That is to capture it and to store the carbon. The, 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 uh, the, the project is valued at $12.5 billion. It's called Pathways Alliance. It's a consortium. Uh, backed by most of the, 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 the country's oil producers. And the idea is to uh, uh, exhume less carbon into the atmosphere. Um, and they've just announced this week that they will only move forward if the federal government of Canada, federal government locks in future carbon prices. How can a government lock in a future price? I have no idea how to do that. Um Europe power, uh, I mentioned that their power grid needs modern, modernization. Um, the power industry associations have warned that the EU's ambitious energy transition goals would require annual investments in the grid to, to 2050, 2050 to be at least 85% higher than they are currently. Again, the money does not exist. Modernizing grids... It's a very expensive and very complex technical problem. Not clear that anybody really knows how to do that. It has never been done to modernize an electrical grid to be able to be totally agnostic as to the source of the electricity has never been done on the planet so far. No country has done that yet. Europe is talking about doing it by 2050. There is no way that is going to happen. Physically, it just, it, there's just no way to solve the engineering issues involved in that. Hmm. Um, in the United States, if we move in the other, the other direction again, financial instabilities, the uh, uh, Environmental Protection Agency's Science Advisory Board questions now whether corn-based ethanol is better for the environment than conventional fossil fuels. In other words, what we now know, and we didn't know this admittedly we did not know this 20 years ago, is that actually putting corn-based ethanol into the gasoline is more polluting than just using gasoline. Hmm. So all of these buses that roam around saying with a big sign, we use Euro 5. This is environmentally harmful. Why? Because ethanol evaporates into the atmosphere at a much lower temperature than does gasoline. And putting ethanol into the atmosphere is not good for the atmosphere. It's not good for anything. So if you're devoting very, very significant portions of your arable land to, build, to growing biofuel dedicated crops and therefore trim, the, trim down the land edited food crops, which is what's been going on since 2007, then people are starving to death. That's what's happening in many portions of South Asia, Africa, and South America. People don't have enough food to eat because Americans want to drive cars based upon ethanol rather than gasoline. And ethanol actually pollutes more than gasoline. Yeah, I don't know if it's Americans. It might just be the Biden administration. Oh no! This has been going on now for many years. It's long before Biden. This has been this this began actually. It, this began actually in 2007, but it 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 was actually implemented broad scale by Obama. Mm-hmm. But okay, maybe yeah, maybe well, that that includes your statement because yeah, uh, Biden, Obama, Obama and Biden are sort of the same, same thing. thing, aren't they? <laughs> touch. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So again, uh, on the one hand, we're talking about all sorts of all sorts of dimensions of in, of financial instabilities. All of these things have very significant um, consequences. 
And why did I say that has are these signs of World War Three? Because what actually causes major world wars? Well, one thing that causes it is starvation. When people don't have enough food to eat, they tend to get rather nasty. And we have seen this. We've seen this many times in, in yes, history. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. And that is what is happening today. And the 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 the, the, the so-called G20, um, other than India, India is um, we we are blessed. The entire planet is blessed to have today a state of India that actually is um, run by uh, uh, reasonable human beings that actually have minds that actually think. I, I'm tremendous. I tremendously admire both the both the Prime Minister of India and their um, Minister of Foreign Affairs, both of whom are quite brilliant and very impressive individuals. Um, and other than them, at the G20, the Europeans in America, again, try to make demands upon Africa. You stay primitive while we enjoy our, our nice little uh, private jets and, uh, and uh, electric vehicles and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the, and the Africans are now saying very, very clearly and very forcibly, shove it. We are no longer going to be your slaves. And I'm claiming that that is a sign that may indicate a, a, a dangerous signal that needs to be paid attention to. And that's where you and say that, that World War III could come in play. Correct. Mm -hmm. By the way, I do not think World War III is about to happen, but I'm saying that this is a dangerous sign, and combining this with the financial instabilities... The dangers can be very great. Well, I guess we end it right there, yeah? We do. Do you want to leave a little bit of a happier note since it's we should be happy during this holiday of Sukkot <laughs> and there are good things happening in the world as well? There are a lot of good things happening in the world. I, I think, uh, look, for me, I, as I've said before uh, in, 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 the, in, the, in the previous segment, what's happening today across Africa is very exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased about that. Not because Europeans are going to suffer. I'm not, that's, not, that's not the point. But that finally, after 400 years of horrible exploitation, the, 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 the very, very deserving people of Africa, and as I said, I've been there, and, and, and I think they're just the phenomenal people. I really, I really enjoyed myself there tremendously. They're, they're such, so hospitable. They're so nice that the, 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 I, I don't know I can't I don't have the words to really describe it but for them to get what's coming to them really from to finally get their full freedom I think that's one of the most exciting processes we're seeing on, on the planet right now and I, I can't think of anything more exciting and, and optimistic than that all right well we all want people around the world because again we're all brothers and sisters right we all stem from noah and before that adam and eve we're all brothers and sisters we want it to be good for everybody so let's hope that things go in a peaceful manner but we shall see i want to thank everybody for being with us today on the tamar yona show and thank you dr mortify ben Menachem. thank you for having me i hope i wasn't too uh, uh nasty <laughs> Thank you, everybody, and happy holidays.